0: Amen. Can I hear the church say amen? Amen. This is a wonderful series, the I Am series, and what's so fabulous about it is that as we go through each one of the I Am series, we learn a little Bible story that precedes the I Am. There was always something that happened that gave Jesus the opportunity to formulate that story into a one-liner. So that you would always understand life and life abundantly that He was coming to give us. We have had an awesome opportunity to carry the I Am series with us through this bookmark. Do you have it in front of you? And so on the back side, uh, we started with I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then we went to I Am the Vine the true vine, and my father is the vineyard keeper. Last week, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And So this morning, we speak to I am the light. Let us bow our heads and pray. Good and gracious God, because you are the I am that I am, because you showed us that in the Old Testament when Jehovah spoke those words, because we understand as believers who you are, we we go back and think through the stories and the times in which you emphasize that you are the I am that I am. More importantly, Almighty God, we know that this is a series that teaches us that we are the I am because we're your disciples. So if you are the way and the truth and the life, if you are the vine. If you are Almighty God the bread and now the light, because we are disciples and we believe in you, we are those things also. So in Jesus' name we thank you and praise you to be reminded of who we are as your disciples. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. This is so fascinating. I've enjoyed the I Am series. I've enjoyed just reading and keeping up with it. But one thing I found out about John when he writes his book it's so different than all the other apostles John is speaking to believers so everything he says to us he assumes you already know and if you don't know he wants to teach you more so this really isn't the kind of sermon for a newbie but if you're new we hope you get a lot out of it you see John is the one that wrote so much about the resurrection John is the one that Jesus looked to when he was on the cross and said, take my mother and take care of her for me. John is the one who wrote extensively about the upper room. John writes about things that gives us a chance to grow as Christians and reminds us that he's not technical. He's just a loving person that wants to make sure we follow through on the things that we're to do. So when we come to the Gospel of John, he doesn't talk about old little town of Bethlehem. He doesn't believe we're gonna grow out of just singing that song. He talks about being a believer and going down that corridor, going down that street that someone is hurting and you're the light that lifts them up and gives them hope. So some billions of years ago, We've been singing all of our holiday, our Christ-like songs. And today we're gonna to speak them in a the believer's language that John brings to us. So true enough, this woman is guilty of a sin. Anybody in the room ever sinned before? So the law of Moses says, she has got to be put to death to be an adulteress. But you know, John now says that woman has sinned and we all have, whether we've told a fib, whether we've made uh, a painful situation for a person, if we have murdered someone, if we have taken money and just borrowed it and no one knew we borrowed it, if we have committed uh, a false witness against someone, if we have just um, decided that it's okay not to go to church, whatever the sin is, we've all been there. And in this particular situation, our Jesus Christ is standing between the woman and her sin. He's actually saying, I absorb that sin. And that we look upon one another in a Christ-like way to support each other in a moment when we've made a mistake. Actually, John thinks everyone is lost in a moment when they sin. So sin no more and go is the emphasis here. So the Old Testament in Exodus three fourteen, Jehovah says, I am that I am. And what in the world is he saying? Actually that I'm the one and only God the God with the wisdom, the God with the power, the one who came to redeem you like he did for the woman to stand between you and your sin and tell you to go and sin no more. It's so easy to think in terms of what we're talking about when we realize that God took everyday items and decided to talk to us about the future, he took ordinary things that made him extraordinary. He talked about things that are here and now and pushed him into the future. He talked about things that just limit. A piece of bread is a piece of bread, but it has no boundaries to how many people it can feed. He talks about things that are temporary, that will always be. Rather, it's the truth and the life, the vine, the bread, and now the light. A couple of nights ago, our lights went off in the house. I don't know if you guys experienced that. And we do that often with storms. And I asked Cliff, I thought, did you hear that big pop? That's when your transformer goes out. I mean, your house is pitch black. And I got up and what did I do? I looked outside to see if everybody else's house was dark. What difference does it make? We just do that, don't we? So I said, Everybody else's house is pitch black too. It must be a transformer. So I ran through the house and tried to find a flashlight. And if you're like me, they don't work because you don't stop and put batteries in them. So I hunted around with my phone light, looking for matches so I can light a candle. And we stayed up a little while and all of a sudden I realized how quiet things are when you don't have light how our lives depend upon light, the things that we plug in, the things that we keep going with. And the house was so dark and quiet, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do next. So eventually we blew out the candles and we went to bed. Simple, just go and rest. Finally, the next morning, all the lights were on, everywhere. TVs were blaring, the radio's going. It's like a crazy house. You get up and turn off everything and then you realize how much you depend upon light and how it infuses us and ignites us and keeps us going and growing because that's what we depend upon. Well, that was easy to figure out. So I look around today and I ask myself, is this room full of light? And have we pushed darkness out because we turn the lights on? Or in the evenings when no one is here and the sanctuary is pitch black, it's dark. What does that say about the room? Is it not just as pretty, just not as full? Is it not as complete? Is it not as stimulating? Are they equal when they're light or equal when there's not light? And what does that say about darkness and light? Well, Jesus dealt with that and he knew people were exposed to a lot of light and they found greatness in light even at evening times when the light is on. First John 1.5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Is light the absence of darkness? Or is darkness the absence of light? I think Jesus had a way of making a spiritual conversation about light while he spoke to his disciples about the sun, the S-U-N, being a physical light of the world. You know, when you say, I am the light of the world, that means a lot and I'm sure he had a lot of people scratching their head. How could you be the light of the world? Because the celestial sun brightens us and gives us daylight. And many people argue, are those waves or are those particles, what is light? What's taking place when it comes into our world? Somehow, though, no matter what it consists of, we truly are the beneficiaries of daylight because you Things are made, created, discovered, all because of light. Our world breathes and grows. Our food comes from the function of daylight. So it becomes very important to know that Jesus made quite a connection with light. Kind of fun. He turned the light on the Pharisees. I used to go to camp and just loved it until the evening hours came. I got hungry with a bunch of other kids and so we left the cabin and go down in the kitchen and try to find some snacks. We flipped that switch on and what did we see? Bugs that ran and hid from us. And we used to laugh about it, but I thought about this in regards to how Jesus turned the light on those who were ready to commit a stoning on a person. And when he shared that light, they left the area. Kind of like those bugs did when the light switch comes on. We become that light switch in other people's lives. We are the ones who stand in with people who are in trouble and who are needed. We are the light, whether we are celestial or not. We might have someone here who doesn't believe that Christ is the light of the world. Those individuals tend to sometimes walk in a lesser world, kind of like the moon. When you think of the sunlight, it's always shining somewhere. But did you know that the moon has no light of its own? It reflects the light of the sun. Maybe a lot of the problems we have in this world today exist because we walk in moonlight, because we walk in the light that reflects the true source, because we're not connected to God the way we should be, in direct sunlight and taking it in. I ask you this morning, are you walking in the moonlight? Have you wandered far from the source of real light are you near the source of life called Jesus Christ? For Jesus is the light of the world. And because you are disciples and because John speaks to believers, and so this message is for believers to grow, if Jesus is the light of the world, then so are you. As believers of Jesus Christ, we light the world. My mother used to say, Sheila, when you go to that party, you don't join the party, you become the party. You understand me? And I'd look at her like, what in the world is she saying? But this morning, when you enter the world, when you enter the grocery store, when you enter your workplace, when you go to a government building to conduct any kind of business, when you walk in the church, you are the light. This message, It's about your growth, about being deeply rooted in who you are as a Christian. That's who John is, and that's the messages, or those are the messages that John gives us. You have a responsibility. You are the light of the world. Where you go, you light the room. You become the focal point. You don't walk into the room and join what's going on in the room, or in the world. That's a leadership model, as much as it's hard to believe. Charles Stanley, in his book, Standing Strong, How to Storm-Proof Your Life, says your life should be like a lighthouse, which has a strong foundation, a lighthouse that navigates ships to shore, and we as Christians bring lost souls into the community of Christ because we are the lighthouse. As a lighthouse, it's a place of a refuge for lost ships at sea. And we look for lost souls in the world. When we stand, we light up the world. That light that rotates at the top of the lighthouse, it flickers and causes the light to bounce on the waves and it goes further out to sea to bring a great destination to those who are looking for a way in out of the stormy waters. Your light in Jesus Christ when you were baptized and when you take Holy Communion is forever shining. People see you and know you and know who you are. You don't stumble, you stand. You don't wobble, you walk. You don't fear, you raise your shoulders and stand tall. The lighthouse never closes. It's open 365 days each year and so are you. The next time you turn on the light in your house The next time you light a candle, remember, Christ is the light of the world and so are you. So the Words and Music by Robbie Henson is my closing conversation. I'm not gonna sing it because you wouldn't hear the words. Let me say them to you nicely. There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea. When I'm tossed, it sends out a light that I can see. And the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me home. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, my ship would sail no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. Jesus is the lighthouse and from those rocks of sin. He has shown the light around me so that I might clearly see. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this old ship in me be? Everyone that lives around us says, tear down that old lighthouse, tear it down. The big ships don't sail this way anymore. Ain't no use in them standing around. But then my mind goes back to that stormy period in my life when just in time I saw the light. With the light from the old lighthouse that stands there on the hill. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. Jesus is the lighthouse and from the rocks of sin. He's shown the light around me so that I can clearly see that if it wasn't for a lighthouse, where would I be? I know where you are, church. You're the lighthouse for all the people who see you and know you. So we'll close this morning. I walk as a child of God in the light, hymn number 206.